Michael, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello. Um, I have to say that when I started this podcast, and we are in a circle of friends uh, where we live here, everybody has told me that the one person who should come on this podcast is you. Oh. So, hence the reason why uh, I've got you on, because so many people have said to me, you have to get this guy on. Oh, okay. And you are actually famous as well. Uh, with my colleague at work today, I showed him your Facebook uh, story, which I look forward to every day. And he said, holy shit, I know this guy. I met him in the sauna in uh, Tisfat. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, Michael. He said, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's coming on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get him on the podcast tonight. And he's like, brilliant. That's the one episode I'm going to listen to. So I was like, okay, no problem. So, how does it feel to be infamous? Uh, it feels shocking. I didn't <laughs> know how uh, <clears throat> that was the uh, case. Yeah, yeah. I was saving it for the podcast just to just to tell. Oh, you. what a surprise! Yeah, yeah. If only people could see the shock on my face. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's Friday anyway. Have you, uh, you had a good week? I've had a great week. Yeah, super. And you uh, seen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you've had uh, you've had a few injuries lately. Uh, How's the, the rehabilitation going, the running? It's going. Uh, I keep trying at least once a week to run now, see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, every week is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And that, how important is that, uh, uh, I'll say, discipline or that sort of um, every day doing something I see on your social media every day? I look forward to, yeah. to your, your little the, things. Uh, the discipline for me is to find – um, how to uh, change roads if need be so you don't get, uh, you know, like now that I can't run so much, hmm. do I get down in the dumps? Oh, I can't run. I might as well just sit on the couch and eat chips and watch Netflix. Hmm. Okay, how? what road do I need to take now? Okay, now we bicycle more. Hmm. Now we swim more. Yeah, yeah. Or now we walk more. Hmm. We do more training at the gym. Maybe build a few more uh, biceps since I don't really... <laughs> Do a lot of bicep training mm. so you know there's always something a new road i can choose to take mm. instead so there's so that there's always something going mm. and how have you how have you developed that mindset to sort of not get down in the dumps when you know the the odd injury goes against you or something happens how, how have you forged that sort of mindset well i can tell you when i realized that it worked yeah <laughs> Because um, when I used to take steps backwards, I've held, had health problems for, uh, I guess it's over 20 years now. Mm. So it's every time you take 10 to 12 steps backwards, as soon as the body goes, the mind follows very quickly afterwards, mm. you know. And I remember back in, I think it was 2020, 
when I started to take more steps mm. forward for the first time and started to be able to run as well. And, mm. and then I realized that F from when I, when it went backwards from the first time there, I just mm. kept doing and followed these mm. choose which road you want to take. Don't just go where yeah, on yeah. this one, but choose which one to take. And I realized that was something that I was capable of doing, but there's been years of poor me's mm. a lot I tried whiskey bottles. Yeah. It helped for a bit. Yeah, that you don't find anything at the bottom of a bottle other no. than uh, despair. I, th- I know that myself. But uh, I think nowadays, <clears throat> uh, there's, it's never been a better time. I think I've said this before. It's never been a better time to gain inspiration from other people, you know, with social yeah. media. You can, you, can, you can find things and tune into things that, that you need. You know, and uh, you can YouTube is I, I use YouTube for so many things. You know, even even taking the door panel off the inside of the car because the window was broken. <laughs> you know, isn't you can find a YouTube video for that. So there is people complain every day about this, that, and the other. But if you have some intuition, you you can find out anything. Yes. You you can learn anything. You know, nowadays, when when we were kids growing up, you learned by just trying. That's true. That's true. You know, so in, in terms of sort of like, you've obviously suffered some unfortunate injuries and, and the rehabilitation, uh, if you're feeling a bit down one day, you know, you're only sort of like a click away from seeing something inspirational and kind of snapping yourself out of that and, and going up. I like to watch funny things, so yeah. stand-up comedy, mm. yeah, I'm a big fan of. So mm. if I can start the day with some funny videos, mm. I'll even send a few around to some friends. Yeah, Because if I laugh out loud, it must be funny. Because mm. so, I think it's hilarious when somebody laughs by themselves. Yeah, and you, you, there's a few videos of that, sort of like heartwarming, isn't it, isn't yeah. it to see? And mm. I'll send that joy around as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with the like with the the videos on that I on my story and stuff, I think it's funny because the original reason why I did it when I went to rehabilitation in 2017, they first sat us in a room and there was a bunch of people saying that we don't go out and do stuff because every time we feel good one day and we go for a walk and we climb a mountain and then we post that we did it. Mm. You know, and that was a tough thing for them to do, whether they had depression or headaches okay. or bad back or whatever and then people just post on their thing oh i thought you were sick or, uh, I I you were. Yeah, and yeah, then they go back into their thing and mm. from that day on oh wow well, i don't give a shit what people think yeah, yeah so that's why i started the uh, posting what i'm doing mm. and I, I get messages as well of oh if you can do that why don't you you know but people don't know what's no. going on in your life and then and no. the other part they just see the Ta-da! Yeah, and the good morning. I think it's hilarious because um, you know I just thought that it's always nice to say good morning to people, mm. and when you're walking down the street and say good morning, everyone smiles. Yeah, yeah. eight out of ten. Mm. Um, maybe not in the summer when you got a tank top on and you got <laughs> showing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought that was great, and then when I started getting messages of "Hey, we look forward to seeing your next just good morning." Mm. That's all that a person needs is to mm. hear good morning. And it didn't cost me anything. You never know what people are going through. And uh, 
And I was, in my younger days, no no doubt about it, was judgmental of people and, and no question about that. I think now I've come full circle back on myself now and I always take <clears throat> a second. I've had an instance in, uh, in, in a previous job where somebody was not in work all the time, let's say, and then people are sort of saying, oh, this bloody guy is never in, he's never this and never that. And I, I, I used to say, you don't know what what the, what this person could be going through. Has anybody thought to just send a message and say, "Is everything okay?" and "Do you need any? Do you need any support? Is there something we can help you with?" Or and yeah. people don't. Uh, not everybody does that, you know. And no. and in, with age now, that's the first thing I will think if somebody is not performing or is not doing what they should be doing. The first thing I'll say is, do you need some support? Is is, some, is everything okay? And once you've cleared that conscience, and all right, yeah, they might be an arsehole, you know, but, but it takes nothing to say that to start yeah. with, you know. You never know what somebody's going through in the home, in the house, with the wife, with the kids, you know, and uh, it's pretty humbling sometimes, you know. I mean, when I'm, when I'm running around here walking the dog or whatever I'm doing, you know, and the, there's... Um, some carers who will bring disabled children around the park and they're walking around. And I sort of run past and think, fucking hell, Jesus Christ, how lucky am I that I don't have to do that? You know, and it humbles you to the point where it puts any any little problems you've got paling to fucking insignificance with what somebody could be going through who has to care for some somebody daily you know and yeah you, you just never know what people are going through it goes back to what you've said you know saying good morning might just start somebody's day a little bit better than if you'd ignored them you know exactly. so uh yeah but you're 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 a well-traveled man oh, yeah. Yeah. what is your favorite country in europe Ooh, i have two okay uh, one is <laughs> One is very. I like Belgium. Yeah. Um, beer. Okay. Well, it's the home of beer. And uh, I love that it's such a small country, and you can live in the countryside, and then ten minutes later mm. you're in the city. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to plan an eight-hour trip mm. like in Norway to Oslo. Mm. And I like that freedom because I like living in the boonies, mm. but I like being in the city. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, my all favorite uh, country to to be in is Italy. Mm. It's uh, very relaxing. Everyone is very laid back, yeah. or at least where I've lived there. Mm. Yeah. The only time I've been to Italy, uh, I was brutally attacked in a Roma <laughs> away game with with uh, <laughs> with a man with Man United in uh, two thousand and eight. We were brutally attacked by the Roma ultras. I can honestly say it was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> And um, we were actually driven out of the Stadio Olimpio, or the Olympic Stadium. We were driven directly from that stadium uh, to the tarmac of Rome Airport and got out of the coach and straight onto the plane. So we didn't get attacked anymore. But uh, I'm not going to judge Italy at all on that experience of the Roma Ultras because I know 100% that it's, uh, it's not like that. And I'm... Hundred percent sure it's a beautiful, 
I suppose uh, next, city. Time, next time you go, maybe just don't mention football. Next time I go, it will not be in the colours of Man United. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> not the way things are going at the moment, anyway. But uh, you spend a lot of time in Italy then, no? Um, I lived there for... Uh, about two years, I think. Okay. About two years. Whereabouts? Uh, uh, up north. Uh, Venice, no, Venice. I've been to Venice. Yeah, uh, Florence. Okay, uh, mostly. I was living up there with uh, with uh, some uh, caretakers. Okay, and I had a, a band with their doctors. Okay, okay. So music, something that's important to you. It uh, mm. was very important. Yeah, for most of my life. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I put it on the sidelines when I got more injured and uh, okay. And things became more difficult to play mm. and stuff. So I'll still pull out a guitar here and there. And, yeah. And, uh, are you trained musically, or is it so, are you trained musically, or is it something you just learn yourself, or have you? Um, a little bit of both. I could always play. Mm. I played the ukulele when I was two, and then when I was seven, I was uh, in India. Okay. And I realized wow. very quickly that. So you had a sitar in India. Yeah, well, no, I never got to play on. I have played on one, but it was here in Harrison. Okay. Um, but I realized very quickly that uh, if I played the guitar, I could be out and not where I was. Okay. So I played the D chord okay. until it sounded good. Okay. And moved on to the next chord. <laughs> and then found a song that was easy to play. Okay. And then I played that. And then I went into my dad's uh, music notes, and then I learned okay. uh, the the songs that they were playing when they were out. And then I said, "Can I come?" Okay. Can I come? All right. Let's see what you can do. And then I performed wow. uh, three of the songs that they had on the repertoire. And then they said, "Okay, he can come out on the singing." Okay. And then I just focused on learning more songs so that I didn't have to be in the home okay. where I was abiding. Okay, okay. So, and that just, that was pretty much my first 16 years of my life. Wow. And your father was a musician? My father was a lot of things. A musician was one of them. Mm. A writer, a poet. Mm. He uh, had his own company doing uh, web design and okay. all web hosting and mm. all that stuff. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sports Illustrated. He used to do movie covers, and he was a great artist. Wow. Um, so everything that – anything that you could do, he could do it. Mm. So very fascinating human. Wow. Yeah. He was always able to find a way. And he was from Hergeson. He was from South Africa. From South Africa. Okay. Uh, born in uh, Paris. Okay. His father was a diplomat. Okay. So your grandfather was a diplomat. Yeah. Okay. So. Well-traveled. Well. Broad. Broad family. South Africa. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Hmm. Why coming back to Hergeson? Well, I, I'm the only one of my. Uh, biologicals from Hogerson that grew up with my father. Right, okay. So I came back to get mm. to know my Norwegian family. But mm. Yeah. Okay. Learn the language. Yeah. How do you rate Norway in terms of where you've 
Uh, where you sort of travelled, the sort of culture here, how do you find uh, the Norwegian way of life? I feel now at 43, I like it. Mm. Uh, at 21, yeah. I didn't like it. I can see, I can 100% get that. I mean, for me now, at my, my stage of life, it's almost by a total fluke, it's fell pretty perfect for me, really. It's chilled out, you know, there's no traffic, very little traffic, exactly. you know, there's no, there's there's very little stress, you know, there's the nature, there's, yeah. and it's totally, total luck. We didn't, uh, I didn't know this when, when we moved here, totally just moved for a job and took a chance on that. And then, yeah, you make, you make of, of it what you will, I think. You yeah. make your own way. Nobody's going to give you a way of life you've got no. to make your own you path always, you yeah. always have to find your own path yeah. and the, the thing about Haugesund the first 10 years I tried to well, I guess I tried to be Norwegian I guess because mm. you, you know you want to blend into mm. every culture where you move mm. and I wanted to uh, be Norwegian but what do you see yourself as if somebody says you know if somebody says to me you know where are you from or who are you I would say I was British yeah. you know, and I'm I'm, I'm well, I'm okay to say I'm British, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not screaming it, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay to say I'm British. What, what would you call yourself, Norwegian or? Well, I like the fact that nowhere and Norway are almost <laughs> yeah, similar, yeah. since I'm technically from nowhere, mm. um, but now the longest I've ever lived is in Haugesund, mm. Norway, so I do consider myself Norwegian, mm. Mm. but I am half South African. Okay. But I only lived there a few years in uh, okay. in my very young life, right. so it's, I don't have any connection to it. Mm. Okay. So I I feel, you know, Norwegian, but then you know, I still feel like a foreigner in my own country. Mm. I prefer to speak English. Okay, I'm funnier in English. English. Yeah, uh, Norwegian is just to, mm. you know, get through the day. Get through the day if you're talking to, yeah, people. Which I don't do so mm. often anymore, and everyone I seem to meet is also foreign. Mm. It's, <laughs> it, it's yeah, I mean it's uh, it's getting uh, it's getting a lot more mul multicultural here. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for for any listeners listening, wherever you may be, we live in a little city called Hergesen, which is on the west coast of Norway, in between Stavanger and Bergen. Population thirty-five thousand. I'm guessing maybe forty thousand, maybe something like that. So it's very small. Uh, the 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 city was built on the uh, herring trade, I think, on the fishing trade. Um, there's not a hell of a lot to do here. When we moved here, I remember I took the job, and then I started looking on Google Street View to show the missus, we're going to move here. And I went round on Google Street View for like five minutes on my own, and I thought, now scrap that. I, I can't walk around on Street View like this, otherwise we won't be going. Because when I did that, it looked literally like a, uh, a Russian gulag from the, 19, from the 18th century. It did not look very good, but... When you get here, it does have some little hidden gems. And, it does. Yeah. It does have its charm. I yeah. Do, I do like it. In, the, in all of the accents, of the Norwegian accents, I do prefer Hergesen yeah. dialect the most. Do you speak with a Hergesen dialect? I do. I do. 
because it took a while. Yeah, because that's one other thing. When you try and learn Norwegian, you have to learn dialect, which for me, I was talking with Alice. I had Alice on the podcast uh, last night. Um, and obviously, Alice is a professional linguist who speaks five languages very well, fluently, uh, which is amazing. But he, I really struggle with Norwegian in terms of the dialect and the fact that you can say I four, five, six times different ways, egg, yai, yeg, yeah. all these different ways is just mind-blowing. So I really struggle with the dialect part of the language. Um, How about a swing? Okay. What's a swing? A swing to swing. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Swing. You know what we call it here? Face on, so. No. But then you face on. Okay. But if you go to Oslo, it's huske. Uh, I think Stavanger or Bergen, it's disse. Oh, my yeah. goodness. There is vela. It's, oh, crap. So they all have their own. Right. And then they go, you need to learn our language. Right. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> yeah, which one? That's it, the best way to compare it is speaking Geordie, Scouser, Mank, Glaswegian, yeah. uh, Cockney. Yeah, because uh, I did. I did yeah. think that I spoke English, and then I went to England, and they spoke English that I didn't understand. No, you, you uh, you're speaking American to me. Well, but and that's my observation. I call it European American, I guess. Yeah. But when you okay. travel a lot, you speak slower, so it sounds American. Okay. Um, but if you put me next to an American person, uh, then I'll say, "Oh, are you Canadian?" Okay. So it's. I think it's just the. I call it European English, really. Yeah. And the uh, and that's. It's uh, it's funny how. Uh, I would like to have a different accent because it's funny when everyone goes, "Where are you from? Uh, are you from America?" No. I've never been there. I'm Norwegian, South African. But, uh, but have you ever been to Canada? I have not. Uh, I've not been to that continent. Okay. All right. Okay. So you've never been to the. Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones that elude me. Yeah, yeah. So if you hear any tins cracking on the podcast, uh, I'm not making any apologies. It's Friday. And. Uh, you're entitled to a beer on Fridays, especially after a week of working and hustling and running yeah, and swimming. Um, so what does a sort of average week look like for you, Michael, with your sort of rehabilitations that you're, you're doing? And um, If we just go with the training or from yeah. when I start, when I wake up, if you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I wake up, uh, first of all, I uh, spend uh, five minutes breathing and it's, you know, accepting where I am. Yeah, okay, like a meditation yeah. uh, almost. And then uh, then I get up and uh, I do uh, 10 to 15 minutes stretching while my daughter is getting her clothes on before I make her breakfast yeah. and her lunches and stuff. So the kids are getting up for school and you're yeah. sort of... Uh, so with the uh, with the breathing, uh, is that something you've made, made your own system or have you... Yeah, I just made that for myself because... Um, I used to I used to go why me? Okay. Why do I have to have I've already had enough that's happened in my life. Okay. I need it to go well now. Okay. I just want to be working, I want to be making money. It was a bit of sort of woe me. Yeah. Feeling sorry for yourself. And, uh, kind of thing. You know, and when I got into the thing of um like I I don't like to say oh I have this and I have this. Mm. 
I like to say, what can I do to, mm. what can I do to fix that? And how can I give it more endurance? Because mm. that's all you can really do. You might not be able to take away your problems, but mm. you can certainly give them endurance. Was there a moment when it, when, when that mentality flipped from, was there a defining moment? Because I, I have a defining moment in my mental health type journey where if where I can pinpoint exactly when it flipped for me. Can you sort of, do you have a moment or is it a gradual feeling sorry for yourself and then you, you managed to sort of intelligence your way out of it or was it a... I, it was, well, a bit of both because mm. I was always a bit, you know, shitty every time it went backwards. Mm. So when it when I started to, like in 2009, I think, when I really started to you know, quit smoking and mm. really start working on the health mm. uh, instead of just, you know, continuing to mm. smoke, drink or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And do whatever instead of uh, working on myself. And then I would still, every time it was going well, that was great. Mm. And as soon as it was going backwards, I would just completely mm. crash mentally. Mm. And then it would go well for a bit. And mm. was there a trigger that, that would make it crash? No, just, you know, all of a sudden I would uh, lift something or with the nervous system, it's very weird. You mm. know, some, some parts of the year it's doing fine. Okay. Other times of the year I can't lift my fork. Okay. Right. So, so the problem, the, the issue you had was in the nervous system. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's uh, you know, and then you, you want to you wanna do mm. things and then okay. you start to lose. Mm. So you would feel like you were making sort of gain yeah. after gain after gain, then all of a sudden you'd get a setback. That you that came from out of nowhere and you couldn't you, you struggling to understand why yeah. you'd get that setback and yeah yeah, yeah I can so tell you start that. and when you're young and you're you know, you're <clears throat> going out every weekend and talking to people so you mm. you start asking other people mm. okay you know because you're trying to figure out you know what's uh, what's actually going on so mm. I start to talk to people about my problems mm. not to whine but to try and understand try them. to understand mm. but. Naturally, it can come across as yeah, okay, as those kind of things, which I learned in the future was not such a good mm. thing to do. And when I was more on my own, because by the time I couldn't walk anymore, I didn't have any mm. any friends anymore and stuff. So so crikey, so socially, as 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 your as I you had, like that. yeah, <laughs> as you as you had these, as you had the the. The, the problem with your own body and then it sort of bubbled out into losing friends and then it yeah. would compound and then socially you would be isolated yeah. so you didn't have a group yeah. around you that were i mean i'm guessing that's changed now because we're in a circle of friends now yeah. and, and, and i know that uh, <clears throat> although which is well, uh, just let me stop you there for a second there was one thing that i did get from the internet and I can't remember who said it. Okay. Um, but they had said, take a step back and then, you know, concentrate on yourself. And the people that are supposed to be in your life will be drawn mm. to you. Mm. That's what I did. Okay. I just got rid of, and then I started focusing. Got rid of the bullshit, know. got rid of the fake. Yeah, not trying to, you know, trying mm. to stay uh, mm. social or, you know, trying mm. to stay... Uh, is uh, I have a podcast coming up with uh, my best friend who will do, and we're gonna that's gonna be on friendship. I mean, I can count on 
Mm, yeah, I'm a, I mean, since since I've come to Norway, I'm a bit more social. I probably have 10, 10 good friends, I think. And they say, oh, you can count your friends on one hand. Uh, yeah, maybe you can, I, I get and I probably truly can, but but I, I I probably have ten or dozen good friends who I can, uh, and, and but it's quality now. Yeah. It's not it is for the sake of it, you know. It and and then guessing uh, for yourself at that age, you know, maybe it was an age thing. Maybe we'd not got to the that stage of our life yet where we'd sort of filtered that out into yeah. good people. Because I think in your twenties, there's people you just yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And people are using you for, you know, just to go out with or just to go to some bullshit party that don't mean nothing, but it's cool. Oh, this guy's cool. He can do this. And and it's all superficial bullshit at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and that filter, and everyone's the same. It's This is not rocket science. And it filters out through the 20s and 30s, doesn't it? You know, so, but, um, so going, going back to the moment where you, you sort of thought enough is enough. Um, I'm going to pull myself out of this. How old were you then? Uh, uh, 30, 30. I'm 32, yeah, 33. Which is when I wanted to, mm. um, but I was taking some very heavy medication, mm. um, uh, which I had a lot of side effects from. Okay, and then uh, I they gave me even stronger medication by the time I wasn't able to to walk so much anymore. Right. Um, everybody knows oxycodone, which is a killer. That's a big thing now. That is not a good medication. Oxy- oxycodone. And what what is is that? Basically, a super strength painkiller. I, I would call it legal heroin. Right. So it's yeah. ba- basically an amphetamine. And Basically, an opioid, and it's yeah, it's so addictive. I noticed it from the moment I took it. I felt like I was knocked out by a horse tranquilizer. Wow! And uh, it didn't take my pain away. It just allowed me to accept that I was in pain. Wow! And then every six hours, I needed a new pill, or else I would start going into withdrawals. Wow! And then you only get per week. So on Friday, I need to get. Would you? Know, would you say that 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 made your condition worse? Yes, because all of a sudden you're 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 yeah, eating. Yeah, okay. You're a fucking junkie now. Yeah, and then you and that's spewing out into the yeah, yeah. family and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're saying things that you shouldn't say because you're more agitated. Fucking hell! And then when you don't get <clears throat> your medication from your doctor on Friday, well, they're closed on Saturday and Sunday. You can't go through mm-hmm. withdrawals. So then you're banging on the door at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 know, and how, I never wanted to be one of those. How the hell do they do they start you on this shit if they know, if they must know that that's, that's a side effect? Yeah. Why would you, why would a professional healthcare system I give this? I couldn't walk when I walked into, mm. my wife carried me into the, mm. into the uh, emergency there. And, uh, and how, how difficult was, was it to get off this oxycodone? Um, I consider myself the world's greatest quitter. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a bad thing <laughs> of when medication of drugs. Yeah, uh, which uh, which I've always been uh, really good at. 
I would say the hardest one was for me was, was nicotine was the hardest mm. drug I've ever uh, had to quit. Mm. Um, but the the oxycodone by the time I was taking that I was pretty professional at quitting stuff, and so you just mm. you just start taking smaller doses because okay. I didn't want to be on it by the time I got to the rehabilitation center. Okay, because I wanted all of my feelings because I mm. wanted to to really you know, connect completely mm. um, with. Uh, with what they could do for me there. Okay. So it was funny when I got there on my paper, it said he takes, so then they were like, you have to give in your medication because you mm. make it up every day yourself. I'm like, oh, I don't take any medication. What? Wow. Uh, you just stopped yeah. to that and then, yeah. So it took, it uh, was a couple months of going down from the mm. dosage until there was nothing or else you're just going to be stuck in a room sweating and going through with crawls. So There's one one thing that fascinated me when I met you. You were running, uh, you'd run a marathon. You were talking about running half marathon times with this and that and the other. And I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's a serious runner." He's and then you told me a little bit of the backstory, and I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" So in in the sort of ten years, in under ten years, you've gone from 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 that being in that place to running marathons, cycling. Uh, and so on, which I, I think is a pretty incredible journey. Now, you you might be humble about it and say, "I oh, know it's just the way it's gone," but to me, it's a massive thing to to go from the early thirties to where you are now. With it, is it something you're proud of to be where you are now, from where you were in them in, in that point? I'm happy. Yeah, uh, which is the most important thing. Yeah, <laughs> happy yeah. to to uh, to mentally be able to cope with mm. um, the day in and day out. Um, I'd like to say that I did it all by myself, but uh, I have mm. a, a wife that yeah, yeah. stands by me through mm. it all. But you should be proud of it and 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 of where it is because things in I've seen, I've not, I've not seen so much, but I, I've seen uh, from a distance people who are not well and then they they do the woe, woe me and they continue be it drinking or smoking. And, uh, I talked to someone the other day, uh, back from back in the UK and they, they told me I was on holiday and, and they told me about a guy that I used to know and then described what he's like now. And I was like, Jesus Christ, he has gone in, in the 10 years I've been away 10, he's aged 30 years in 10 years because he's not, he's not, chosen the right path for whatever reason and you can't it's, you, I'm not going to judge at all because you never know like I say but there's there's blue pill and the red pill and I was talking with Wilco about this you can you can choose a path yes you can choose a path that goes one way and you can choose a path that goes the other way and only you can do that yeah. you know that's how probably how divorces happen it's how you lose friends is which path you take. I think I think that's very true. I, I mean, for the positive part, I started to do things like if you have uh, only 2% of sunshine in your day, mm. look at the 2% of sunshine in mm. your day. And that was, and then make that 2% grow. Mm. So, uh, you know, if I was visualizing mm. that I could make the positive, because I eventually just focused on the negative, mm. you know, as I said before, with, why me? Why do I have mm -hmm. this? I've already had a difficult childhood. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a normal human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to work, making money, mm -hmm. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting on with my life. Are you, are you naturally positive or do you have to work to be positive? I don't have to work for it. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think, you know, coming back to, I remember after 2017, when I came back from the rehabilitation, I said to uh, my wife also, I was, it's very nice to, to have found myself yeah. again, mm. which is got the real, got the real Michael back. Yeah. Mm. So I apparently had lost, you know, um, lost who I was. Mm. Uh, and that was something that needed to mm. come back. So the positive me is just, it's just a normal way of being, I think, mm. or as far as I, I know. Uh, and then it, it just took a turn for the worst for a few years, but uh, with things that happen and people you hang with and, you know, you kind of go with. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you are. Who you. Yeah. Who you hang about. Yeah. It's a hundred percent true that. And uh, I, I'm a super positive person. If in, in certain, in certain areas, if, if I decide to climb that mountain, in my head, I am climbing it, and there's no way I'm not climbing that mountain in my head. But in domestic life, in mundane, in the mundane family life, and 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 my persona in my mundane family life or the everyday life we have, people will say, "No, I'm not positive. I'm a miserable git." But it's not. It's just my personality. Is no. but I am. I am the most positive person you'll ever meet. Yeah. But I don't express it about going to the, the park with the kids, for example, in years past, you know. So I think you can sort of get accused of not being an upbeat, positive person when really, and I kind of think of it as almost like an adrenaline junkie who needs the mountain or the yeah. mountain bike ride or the 60k an hour downhill yeah. mountain bike. You need that just to like make you just to survive, and that's a bit like I kind of need those things to sort of keep me alive. But the everyday mundane thing, I'm just ah, okay. Yeah, we'll do this. I'm not like woohoo, let's go to the park with the kids. You know, right. Stephen said woohoo before me. All right, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because you're that's your trademark. <laughs> yeah, so I love uh, boring uh, family life. It's uh you know now I do. You know, but when I was in my twenties or early thirties and and you know, it's going to you know, going here with the kids, going there with the kids, I I'm the, the first to admit it was it was not my kind of thing, if you know. But you know, I got on with it and yeah, maybe I wasn't the greatest or the most um present the most present oh, I'm with you on that, or, or father or whatever, but you I'm quite proud Bro. to say that I, yeah, I, I learned from it, and I can look back on it and accept it. Now. I'm not delusional. I look back and know exactly what what was going on. But I think that's an important thing as well. You know that you can look back on things and, and not necessarily regret. I don't regret an awful lot of things, but you can look back and be and honest with yourself yeah, and learn. Yeah, um, um, that's why I think my favorite word in the world in English is conundrum. Because mm. somebody asked me if you could go back and change, you know, mm. your childhood yeah. or your, uh, you know, where your mm. problem maybe came from, would you do it? But then the conundrum is that if you changed all those things, would you still be the awesome person you are today? 
and it's probably made you what you are today. Yeah. You're a pretty so. resilient, uh, robust human now yeah. because so, of what you've yeah. been through. So that would be like, no, I, I, I wouldn't change anything at all. And that's... that's uh... At the time, you're thinking you're in a living hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 had a, I had a great childhood. You know, my parents split up when I was very young. Didn't didn't really affect me, you know. I had a, a, a stepfather. I had a, I had a cohesive family that I grew up in. I got on with my dad perfectly well. I actually ended up working with him. You know, we had a great good relationship. So my my childhood was as as okay as you can get. You know, it was there's absolutely very very few dramas in it. So I have nothing in my childhood really to go back and go oh you know this has scarred me this and this is i don't have any of that it was it was as about as normal and mon not monday yeah. but even it, even if you do have things that have you know scarred you and stuff you can uh grow and move on mm -hmm. and yeah let go because well, you can't really move forward unless you let go yeah you don't need to forget mm. but you have to let go uh, what sort of tools have you used for, for sort of for that is it is it is it tools you've learned yourself or is it you have, uh, you have you picked it up from from other people or i don't know i mean you know things pop in and here and you know we could we could be uh getting inspiration from places we don't even mm. realize we're getting um if i can remember i had to uh, uh, I had to have a psychologist for a while. Okay. Um, uh, I, I always think the psychologists was, was weird. I, I always think. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I always think, for me, a psychologist, it would, it would hinge on the person who was the psychologist. I think that would be absolutely sort of super important to me, if I ever, I mean. Thankfully, touch wood. I don't think I would need one, but no. Um, technically, uh, I don't say that I wouldn't need one, but I was. Uh, it was mandatory, okay, to do. Um, and I said I will do it, but I need one without an imaginary friend. That would be a good start for a psychologist. Okay, you know my meaning. Uh, so that was so they found that. Okay, and. Uh, and I spent a couple of years, uh, once a week, uh, you know, yelling at somebody else. Yeah. And they had to listen to me. And it was mm. so funny when, when we finished uh, the last session that we were doing. And she was like, Michael, I've never met a person like you my entire life. You don't read books on helping. You don't follow other people. You just seem to know what your mind and body needs. Mm -hmm. And then, and same thing when I went to rehabilitation, the doctor, the head doctor there, he's, he called me a uh, spice of color. Mm. Yeah. Norwegian, yeah. you know, a spice of color. And they took me to meet the uh, director of the, mm. of the, of the place. And, uh, you know, he showed the video of, I have a song on the internet and, mm. And, uh, so it was. So I've always just. I just seem to. You know, I have a will, the will of Odin, mm. as I joke around with. But mm. uh, my father had it as well. Just a will to. Once you set your mind to something, you have to achieve it. You, you come across to me like you're almost. Um, you, you're almost 
burst into be an inspirational figure, but you're still kind of holding yourself back a little bit. Mm. That that's kind of how I'm not a psychologist, <laughs> although I'm trying to be one now. But no, no, you do. I'll be dead. I'll be dead. We're good friends now. Okay. I'll be yeah. dead honest. You, 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 you're like a, almost like a, a rough diamond that needs polishing up, and and like you've got the potential underneath, and I can see it. It's nearly there. Yeah, just need to keep working. You just wait. I can just you're just waiting for a big moment. I think. All right. I can see well, that. it's the uh, five five year plan, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but no, I think you've you've come to uh, an amazing place now. So, what's the future holding now? Are we? What like you just mentioned, five year plan. What's the plan in five years? Uh, I haven't thought five years ahead. But, one year. Uh, I have thought. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens mm. later this year. <laughs> Mar We're marathon. The marathon on the 18th of November. We'll see uh, mm. that. Um, I actually I took a saw something today which was uh, I thought I would say that uh, it says that less than point uh, zero one percent of the world's population will run a marathon. The percentage is even smaller for repeat marathons. So, less so this will be less than say that again. Less than less point than one point zero one percent. Wow. Okay. So this will be my second marathon, mm. which is an even smaller. Mm. So that's a so too big marathon, thing. Okay. You know, I say that if you ran a marathon once, great. Now you know what it's like. Mm. It's not real unless you do it twice, because then you know what you're in for. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. I'm only up to half marathon at the moment. Um, we got nine weeks, buddy. Nine weeks from where is it? Kame. Kamoi, okay, Kamoi Marathon, yeah. Okay, well, well, I will take a look at that. My, I had never run further than 24 kilometers mm. when I ran. How, how, um, how important is running to you? Um, I, it's, it's really my favorite thing to do. Mm. I enjoy it. It uh, puts a smile on. I don't understand when I see people running and they're not smiling because mm. you can run. Yeah, yeah. When I couldn't walk or move, I said, as soon as I can move, I'm going to be moving. Mm. And so whether it's walking or running, I prefer running. And do, do you think your, your love of that came from the place that you were in, in terms of you couldn't fucking walk? Yes. And so running is now, you're not going to take that for granted. You're going exactly. to enjoy it. Yeah. Because, uh, Nobody wants to be sitting in a wheelchair. Nobody wants to be mm. lying on the floor and then yeah. having a hard time getting up just mm. to just to get to the bathroom, mm. you know. Uh, and and it's a yeah, it's a. How is the nervous system now? Do you have control or um, still? No, it's a, it's a, it has its ups and downs now in this part of the year. Always uh, after the summer, it seems to go in a. When the body gets when it's colder. Yeah, it seems to go in a downwards. As mm. the other day when I was at the doctor's office, when they were talking about the the uh, paneural nerve. Mm. Oh, new word. To say again. Paneural nerve. Paneural nerve. So and so, yeah. So and the nervous system has taken a. Uh, mm. Is it is it linked to the through the spinal column? Then is it something with the transmission of 
from the brain from the brain to, to, to the yeah, okay. uh, to the through, through the spinal yeah. column. So the thing for me is to when I'm that's why I overdo it sometimes because I don't sometimes get the right signal. So if you get pain signal, you can uh, skip through the signal. You don't get the signal of pain. I do get the signals of pain, but then they don't go away or you get the wrong signal. It's almost misfiring. So you get like, okay, but let's, it's not, not, it's not that painful. Okay. Is it bad or is, isn't it bad? Okay. Oh, it was too bad. We shouldn't have done that. Okay. So they don't, I don't know until it's a little mm. bit too late. Okay. So I have to be, uh, and then sometimes you just want to push through stuff. You know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And you just want to do it anyway, because what what is a little bit of pain mm. for the satisfaction? Yeah. Although I bet it's great. I met a runner that's uh, just run his. Uh, he's I think he's doing his hundredth marathon this year. Wow! One of the, uh, I think there's only one other person in Calme that's done it, and mm. and uh, it's fascinating to me, you know, that mm. he's uh, that he's been able to do that. Mm. He has a few knee issues mm. now. Yeah. I know all about <laughs> knee issues from, from from my job um, kneeling down on top of elevators mm. for twenty odd years, and that's probably busted one knee. Um, but yeah, hey ho. But I always think if you uh, if you never go out because you have a little niggle somewhere, you'll never go out. Exactly. So exactly. there comes a point in your life where you just think, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go out." Do whatever I need to do. Exactly. And I'm not going to let this niggle win. I'm not going to let this pain win. I'm not going to. All right. right. There's a di I, I did some rugby coaching with a guy uh, uh, who is now the national coach of the Netherlands Rugby League, Dave Hunter. Uh, he's, a, he's a good friend. And I'll never forget, I did one coaching session with him. I was assisting him. And he said to the players, there's hurt and there's injured. And the two are very different. Yeah. If you're hurt, you'll carry on. If you're injured, then okay. Mm. That's a difference. And I kind of look at that now and, yeah, I, I have one injury. The rest, you know, I'm 40, it's aching pains. That's that's life. Aches you know, and pains is fine. You know, you just have to get on with I it. I kind of like aches and pains because mm. those go away. Mm. Aches and pains show you're actually doing mm. something. That's uh, one of the reasons why I like to push so hard because when you give yourself a pain that will go away, it's mm -hmm. like uh, it's uh, it's therapy for the mind because mm -hmm. when you have pain that doesn't go away, yeah. that is a uh, you know I had um, I had a, a terrible back I, in in my late thirties. My back was all the time not wasn't serious enough to to be an issue in terms of time of work or blah, blah, blah. But I always had a, a terrible back and it was, used to piss me off no end. But then I started to think, well, I don't do anything. So I'm sat on my ass all day. <laughs> no wonder I have a, a, a bad back. <laughs> and I started doing a bit more, walking the dog a bit more, running a bit more, not running crazy. I might run once a week. I started running a bit, hiking a bit going to the climbing wall once a week. And I, as soon as I started to become active, yeah. I've never thought about my bad back since. It's just your body telling you that you yeah. need to. So how many 40-year-olds, male and female, who, who say, I have a bad back, I can't do this, 
are saying it because they don't do shit. A lot. A lot. <laughs> At least 80%. A lot. I would There's say. no doubt it's a lot. And you just have to get out and do things and be active. Yeah. And re um, it requires requires thought. Mm -hmm. um, like there's one thing, and you'll probably start noticing it now once I say it. People are generally lazy. So I'm, I'm standing up right now. And if you'll notice, so whenever I'm standing, I'm concentrating on mm. I'm standing. But if you notice when you see people. They're leaning, yeah. They're doing this to one side or the other, which is severely mm. and over a space of 40 mm. years of doing that, mm. you're naturally going to have some problems in yeah. your lower back. And a lot of people do that, including sitting, leaning mm. to the side, having a wallet on one mm. side. Yeah, Remember yeah. those days? All these things, the body is, uh, is an amazing thing, but it can also... Uh, mm. They go back to something I said at the start in that you have uh, I mean and I've said it on other podcasts previously I, I'm terrible for like doom scrolling reels of videos and I, I really try to stop myself doing it but occasionally you know I'm waiting for five minutes to do something okay I'll doom scroll for a minute you know and you, you, you there's, there's never been a better time for being inspired to yeah. do things and you've got but what you have to do is you just have to do it Exactly. You can't think, oh, look at David Goggins, Cameron Haynes, Joe Rogan. <laughs> you can't look at these people and think, oh, wow, these guys are so inspirational. That's great. You know, tomorrow I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for this one. And then, and then the mind almost tricks you into just not doing it, yeah. and thinking you're doing it because you watch this things. You know, so it's like you just have to go and do it. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's great to see uh, or to get the motivation from looking at somebody else do something and then go, okay, I want to do something as well. But, you know, as soon as you leave the door, that's mm. where the motivation ends and the rest mm. is just discipline yeah. for you. And it's great to watch videos of David Goggins saying, stay hard mm. in a non-sexual way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, everyone has to be their own mm. David Goggins as and, it were. And you, you have to also understand that you know, he it, he is, take Goggins, for example, he is posting that because it is getting a million likes. You know, you have to remember, people have to see that. He's also a different uh, human, people are different human beings, you know, mm. like Mike Tyson as well as a different mm. human being. So you can't be Mike Tyson, no. but you can be you. Mm. So what what is the best that you can do? For yourself and that's what i think a lot of people are are getting the the wrong mm -hmm. connection because they're trying to do uh yeah, what yeah. david goggins said. oh he ran four uh you know 400 uh mile yeah, yeah. races in four weeks that's not even good for your health his kidney was failing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know well, i've got to give a shout out to ram who plays rugby with us who lives around the corner from me he ran 181 kilometers in 24 hours the other week. Damn, son. Which is a shit ton of kilometers. No shit. And I run 10 kilometers or 15 kilometers, and it's all over my Facebook and, and my stories. And I'm like, woohoo, I, <laughs> I did a 10K and I did a back to back 10Ks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Instagram stories, Facebook, Strava. 
you know, yeah, I got 10 kudos. So I'm happy with that on Strava. That's great. I'm chuffed to bits. And Ram, I said to Ram, Ram, you don't even put your 181 kilometers in 24 hours on Facebook. And he's like, oh, I was a little bit disappointed with it, to be honest. And I was like, mate, that is fucking insane. And I love, I fucking love the fact that he doesn't write anything. He, he actually is disappointed by it. And he's just run it 181 kilometers in 24 hours. Well, if, he, if he's listening, I think that's amazing. And it's great that he doesn't post anything. Yeah. But never, <laughs> never look down on any run that you've ever done. No. If it's a kilometer you ran, yeah. hooray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do see a lot of people when they post, oh, I ran, I ran 10 kilometers today. The pace wasn't so good. You ran 10 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. The pace doesn't matter. Just, but I, 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 yeah, that's very true. You, you know, three kilometers might be somebody's marathon. Like, yeah. go back to what we were saying. And I, I totally get that. But for him to do that, I was just like, that is like the coolest thing ever that you just don't feel like you need to post it. Yeah. And that says to me that that's somebody who is just almost a different level. Well, that is a different level. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that can do that. And I, and I said to him, and I th it was funny because I, I ran the half marathon, you know, very mediocre time, and I wasn't bothered about the time. I just wanted to do it, so I didn't give a shit really how how long it took me or anything. And I ran the half marathon on a Saturday, and then on the Sunday I ran just a five k, a little bit of a warm, just to not stiff up. And a friend of mine sent me a message like, you're an animal, you're an animal. You you know, you got out the next day. And I was like, I just didn't want to get stiff and blah, blah, blah. And I said to Ram after he did the 180 odd kilometers, I said, you, you go out the next day? He went, yeah, yeah, I just did like a 15K one. <laughs> and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, And again, he don't post nothing. And he's, I don't even think he's on Strava or anything. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But if it's not on Strava, did it really happen? You know, joke, yeah. joking. Yeah, yeah. But like on Strava as well, some people have said, "Why do you, uh, why do you have your thing open for everything that you do?" Ah, okay. So you, if you walk or you, yeah, yeah. because I don't, uh, I don't only need to post the greatest no. achievements. Uh, I, I won't. If there is somebody that's going to get motivated by it, mm. I want them to see, you know, everything that I'm mm. trying to do to get there, whether mm. it's walking a kilometer or uh, running a 5K mm. in 40 minutes, because 80% of your running should be done in slow motion, mm. which is the hard part. It's actually harder that's to run slow than it is to run yeah. fast, I find, anyway. And I've actually done a bit of research, yeah. I mean, so in in zone two, so you sort of 80% of your heart rate is the key key zone. And I think a lot of beginners who are running, they will sort of bust out. And, yeah, and, I was and, and they don't enjoy it for the first few kilometers. And then they're kind of like, okay, the reason why they're not enjoying it is because they've gone out too hard and they're not sort of, they're, they're almost focusing on how long, how long does the 5K take me or what am I doing this 3K in or 5K? And when actually now for me, when I'm running, I'm only looking at my heart rate. I, I don't even look at the distance or the pace. So I know I know the time. I know the time. 
and I know the heart rate, yeah. and I'm going for either thirty minutes at heart rate or one hour at heart rate. Yeah, I do the I do the same same thing when I ran the first marathon. I put it only on heart rate and said mm. we're staying at one fifty. Mm. So that and then we'll push at the end because mm. if you if you're running at uh, one seventy in heart rate. By the time you get to kilometer thirty-five, you'll hit some sort of a wall. One fifty, I would struggle. So one one fifty, I would really struggle at. One thirty, I would be comfortable. If I ran a marathon, I would have to go at one thirty. But if yeah, um, if I was doing it myself, mm-hmm. uh, I would do a lower. But when I was okay. when I'm running, you know, to do it in in under mm-hmm. um, four hours, then your heart rate is going to be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I do a, the like a month ago when I did the half marathon by myself, it was there one thirty mm. to two hours seven minutes, mm. very low heart rate. But that was just to uh, yeah, just to get the you know the time under uh, to run for two hours. Yeah, yeah, and then it happened to be twenty one kilometers. And a few weeks ago, we did a hundred kilometer cycle. Around, we did around Carmel, which was epic, which was great fun. In the wind and, and rain, in the wind, and I have to at this point, I've got to take my hat. I doff my hat to you, sir. Oh, that you you did this a hundred kilometer cycle on a kind of hybrid mountain hybrid bike. I, I, I was on a road bike, and it was yeah, it was okay for me. But the fact that you did it on a hybrid cycle was pretty amazing with an average speed of like 21 kilometers i think going well by watching you going up the hills i think i chose the wrong bicycle (laughs) i would say you were on the wrong bicycle for sure but the fact that you did it and we'll uh we'll raise the glass to your brother who it was in uh, in in honor of uh tragically lost his life in in a road accident many years ago um, so we we did that for him, and it's something you do every year. So it is super important to you. That. It is, it is. I think uh, memories of uh, people are important, and if we can make something epic out of it, mm. instead of you know sitting in the in sitting on your couch and mm. having a bottle of whiskey and crying and yeah. stuff, that's not going to do you any good. But uh, if we can make something more mm. uh, positive out of uh, yeah. out of the memory. Uh, that's 100 percent it's a great lesson actually and it's not actually uh, until we did that the other a few weeks ago it's not something i'd actually thought about um uh god bless i've not actually sort of lost anybody in in those circumstances so it was amazing to share that with you and be part of that it was great to have somebody doing it with me yeah uh but uh, it was it was humbling to share that experience with you to do that and i was uh uh, it was fantastic. So we cycled around uh, the island of Carmoy, it's about 100 kilometers. Um, then we had a beautiful stew that your wife made afterwards. We had a nice glass of red wine. Um, we raised a toast to your brother. Uh, and then I started, I was thinking about the same thing. And it's like, you know, I, I'm not a believer in, in heaven and hell and all this kind of thing. I'm a complete atheist, but. Yeah. I still think it's important that uh, the loved ones that you've lost, that you know, you almost have to think they're looking down on you or that kind of the soul is there and you want to still do them proud. They wouldn't want to see you not honoring their life 
every year. You know, my my grand I was close to my grandfather who, who passed away many years ago, and I was skiing across Hardangavida, uh, and I got some horrific blisters. Blah blah blah. I was in the pain cave, and the thing that got me through the pain cave was thinking of him watching me doing it, thinking of the suffering he went through. In he had cancer in the end thinking of the suffering he was going through in the end of his life with his cancer got me through that ski trip at the end when I was in the pain cave for two days and it was, they wanted to take me out on a, on a ski mobile to take me out. So it's important we, you know, we take those memories for people. It is, it is. I mean, in the end, I'd say that, you know, uh, a person dies twice, once when they're buried and the second time when the last person says their name. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important to keep them alive. My dad uh, recently died as well. And when I did the ha um, the half marathon in uh, Hoos and in the summer there, I think it was a kilometer 14, you know, mm. when I said out loud as I was running, come on, dad. Time to be useful. Yeah, okay. I need some help here. Because you're in the bank. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I think we all we all do we all do that, uh, whether we're uh, you know believers or not. Mm. I think this life is all we have. And and my dad uh, used to say in South African, "Ho de blunt kunt boa," which means uh, keep the shiny side up, or always show them your best. Mm. So I truly believe he wanted me to continue being Mike mm. the Machine, which mm. is um, the mantra mm. I tell myself when I'm in difficult times. Mm. Be the machine, be the machine. Mm. And uh, yeah, well, it works for me, but everybody has to find their own, yeah. uh, their own uh, yeah, mantra. I mean, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I've always kind of... Uh, I've always kind of dined out on the fact that I'm never the fastest. I'm never the most technical. I'm not the most skillful, you know, played rugby, football. I, I was never, but one thing I was, one thing I was always good at was the hard yards and not, not stopping. The will. Uh, yeah. The will, the will. And, and uh, I've always been a bit like that. And I've always mentally been able to go to places where, uh, I mean, I've not, not truly tested myself as much as I want to, as much as I will do, but I have always felt that if I go to these places, I can continue. And I always say, you know, we just go on. This is this is what we do now. We just go on. Well, we're here. Mm -hmm. Might as well continue. Yeah. And it's got me, it's got me okay so far. And I've, I've you know, I've, uh, I've never been... Like I say, never been the fastest, never been the the most skillful, but I've always had the kind of ability to just get stuck in when it was going a bit. I see, yeah, I think completion to me is mm. is the uh, is the winner by uh, you know. I think ninety percent of the most skillful people will not make it because they will take for granted their skill and think that on skill alone they will make it. And actually, you know, if you look at the Navy SEALs or the SAS or the SBS. They're not picking people on skill, how good you can fire. They're picking people on the ones that don't fucking stop when it's mass, you know. And you take all these elite sort of um, elite uh, organizations. They're not picking people on skill. They're picking people on on the ability to keep going. 
support their teammates and yeah, being leaders. Exactly, yeah. You know, uh, that's not something I knew at the in my youth, but it's something I know now. You know, uh, if you take a podcast for example, you know, okay, you get so many listeners after ten episodes, and then you think, fucking hell, I put so much effort into those ten episodes, and you know, it's not. You know, it's not going viral or it's not taking off. You know, what do I do? And it's kind of like, well, no, this is where most people quit. So you have to keep going because most people now are going to quit. 90% of people at this point are going to quit. You know, I mean, Ellis yesterday on the podcast, he's wrote upwards of 6,000 poems, you know. So, all right, if people don't like the first 1,000, is is he going to stop? Nobody likes my poetry. Or is he just going to keep going, keep going? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he's published his book and he's, you know, uh, doing great with it. So I kind of have that idea now. And somebody was talking to me about the podcast. Oh, you know, I was on, I was on holiday in the summer and uh, he, was, he was telling everybody about, oh, this, Steve's got a podcast and da, 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 which was great. And, uh, you know, how many have you done? Oh, well, I've done eight episodes. Oh, okay. Right, okay. You you know, how many are you gonna do? I said, I'm just gonna keep going till till, yeah. till uh, until you don't wanna do it anymore. Yeah, until yeah. But I kinda of see it as I've got to do fifty, one hundred, hundred and fifty before I even look at the numbers. Yeah. That's my how where my mentality is now. It's like delayed gratification. It's like uh, in a society we're we're so fast to, to expect instant gratification. OnlyFans and fucking Instagram. It's like, okay, I want instant gratification from this. People don't see, I have to do a hundred podcasts before I know, maybe got an idea what I'm doing in podcasts. Yeah. You've got to serve an apprenticeship. My apprenticeship in my job, it took me five years, more or less. Yeah. You know, I didn't go into my job on day one when I was 16 and say I want uh, £100,000 a year. It takes you it takes you to 25 years to get through the industry or whatever so why would you think anything in life would take you you know this is this is episode 11 you know and i'm proud of myself to get to 10 yeah and we go we you know we go again and you know i hope already some people have have sort of contacted me about doing their own podcast from doing my podcast or from from my podcast you know and i'm kind of like yeah i'll help you you know. Well, I can say honestly, uh, mm. yours is the first podcast I've actually listened, finished. Yeah, um, every episode that oh, I've yeah. listened to so far. Thanks. So, and I and uh, and I listen to them while I'm out walking, which normally I like to listen to music. But okay. so you're a converted. So now I'm a podcaster yeah. listener and, uh, while walking. Well, you could be a podcaster. There's no barrier. The great thing about podcasting is there's no barrier to entry. There isn't. You just need a microphone and a computer. I suppose maybe some stand-up com- comedy is more down yeah. my... Yeah, Because yeah. then I get to walk back and forth across a room instead of sit on yeah. a chair. But we'll, we'll take a break for five minutes. Sweet. Inside. 
Apparently got him through it, okay. and my my friend was like, "Well, I've never seen, I've never heard you be so deep before." You really gave him some life lessons. I was like, "Okay." But do do you find that you you do it unintentionally? Yeah, yeah. that you help yeah, yeah. people unintentionally, maybe in in your character that you because I know I know myself that um, I I love to help people without, and I know genuinely I don't want anything in return. No, no. I know. I'm, I know. In my character, I do it because you never know when you might need that support. Yeah. You know, and, and you, I know you have that character. Well, I well. say I like. I love helping people. I don't like to be used. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I understand. You know, yeah. and that because my wife and I got used a lot. Mm. You know, because everyone living with us and we okay. went in debt and mm. just uh, you know we had some people that stayed on our couch because they didn't have anywhere, but then we were washing mm. their clothes, they're making their food and Yeah, you you, you I can uh, I can totally relate to that. And I know in your character that you have a, you have a genuinely wholesome character that you you're happy to see people succeed. And I'm I'm exactly the same. You know, I love to see people do well and 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 you know, I, in, I've had a, a quite an expansive career in my industry, and I have met some assholes that I have come across and thought, "You're going to need me before I'm ever going to need you." And I can't wait for the day when you need me because I'm going to tell you to to politely f off. And that's life. I think you come yeah. across people yeah. like that, you know. And I've got a not a hit list. <laughs> Not being mm. dramatic, but I've got a list oh, where I know. Uh, mm. I mean, I sat with my wife sometimes, and, and it's it's funny because we always we usually just do things ourselves, you know. So uh, we find it hard to to uh, open up to take. Uh, you know, all of a sudden somebody's offering something, and we're like, mm. "Okay, I understand." <laughs> so you so <laughs> automatically you're thinking if somebody's being nice, you you're all you're cautious of it. No, we just don't know what we're supposed to do because we're not into oh, it. Okay, right. I mean. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's a that was mm. that's a fascinating thing, mm. and uh, you know we have a, we have some uh, some wonderful help from uh, my parents in law, which mm. are the two most awesome people I've ever met. Mm. Which is it's nice to see a wholesome uh, yeah. family, you know, gotten together when they're eighteen and seventeen. Okay. You know? It's uh, something to live up to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So this weekend, any training planned? I uh, Was it the same every day? Was it that we just, just r- rinse and repeat every day? I have uh, a general plan. Yeah. And then I have to modify it sometimes okay. uh, if things uh, come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were originally going to do this podcast a week ago on a Thursday. Yeah which normally I'm bicycling out to the island and swimming and then bicycling home again. So then I switched it and I did Tuesday and Wednesday swimming. And then I did Thursday strength training so that the evening was freed up for that. So I can, you know, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, strength train, Tuesday, Thursday, run, bicycle to the pool, swim, bicycle home, feel great about it. Yeah, yeah. Same on Thursday. I call it uh, 
cunt training. It's either see you next Tuesday or see you next Thursday. <laughs> okay, so, right. So the how um, oh, uh, we, Saturday is my day off, okay. and Sunday is long run or okay. hike. Hmm. How um, I look forward to seeing your little sort of uh, stories every day, and uh, it gives me I have a little smile with you. Good morning. And it's nice. It's not. It's nice to to see it. But uh, how, how comfortable are you in front of a camera to sort of show yourself to your followers, for example? Is it something that comes easy to you that you sort of you know will do a little video? I find it very difficult. Although, although I'm doing a podcast, and, and in the in the start of the podcast, I was really nervous, and now I kind of feel quite comfortable with it. But I think if I had to do do sort of live sort of little stories and, and reels. I, would I, think, feel... I, I think it depends what you're doing. Uh, like saying, good morning, have a nice day. It's really easy. It's fairly easy to do. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take well, any work. I, I couldn't really do it though. But sitting with somebody doing a live podcast. Yeah. Uh, so you know almost the other way. It's a bit more okay. uh, yeah. nervous because then, you know, it's, it's, mm. everything you say is, is out there, whether it's you, you yeah, said something yeah. wrong or, or, yeah. uh, all of a sudden, I've said something amazing. Yeah. I guess you might catch some of that, hopefully. Well, you have such an interesting story and uh, such an interesting journey. And obviously, the, the, the podcast is, is called Aim High and Achieve. And, you know, when, when I thought of that name and, that, and even now, I kind of think a little bit that it's sort of like, okay, you have to be, okay, this, this is a podcast where it's only successful people who have aimed high and achieved and now I'm kind of meeting people who were aiming high and achieving. It does not necessarily mean you're a millionaire or you are an exceptional athlete. Basically, it means people who have had mental health issues and come back from it and can talk about it. That, to me, is, is aiming high and achieving, yeah. you know. And, and aim, the aim high part is, is, is the positivity of, of aiming to be to be a better person every day. Yeah. I have a little thing every day, and I say, today's another day with a chance to be great again. Today's another day to be great again. Uh, again. And I just keep saying, and I've had some issues and, and um, where I wasn't thinking that every day was another chance to, to be great again. Every day was, every day was almost like, fucking hell. It's the same shit. When people say same shit, different day, and I really hate that. I do. I, do. I hate that saying same shit, different day, because then you you're in the the whirlpool of cycle, you exactly. down into the world, the downward spiral, yeah. like the nine inch nails. Well, I would like my kids to to already have a better start. So, with my daughter on the way to school every morning, we always say today is going to be an amazing day. Yeah, even if it's raining, and you're alive. And kick it because uh, you know, mm. like I say, if you start, if you start the day positive, you know, mm. um, some people say that it's you know, some people don't like positive. I don't know why, mm. but, uh, because I find it better. It's not. It's not easy to be overtly. I don't find it. Easy. I'm not going to generalize. I don't find it easy to be overtly positive every day. Well, it's um, not, yeah, yeah, I get that, but it's not that I'm actually positive, 
but when I like if I said when I said about you know that two percent of sunshine, mm. you just by saying yeah, just mm. by saying today is going to be an amazing day, even if it's a shit day and mm. I'm having lots of health issues at the mm. time and and uh, and I'm feeling very depressed about that mm. or the, the anxiety is starting to kick in because what if I'm back on the floor and mm. not able to move and you know it's you know so instead of going in that direction, you go into the you know, just looking for that 2% of, of so joy. You're manifesting positivity. I would, I I would like to think so. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, because uh, yeah, I, um, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not generalizing. I, I'm not a sort of, I have off days where, but now I can just say it's an off day. I can just, okay, it's an off day. I go into my shell a little bit. It's an off day. I'll go for a run later. You know, I'll, I'll sort this out later, get to nine o'clock, I'll watch a YouTube for an hour or else. I'll do something for an hour, go to bed. Yeah, mm. you have days like that. I think you just gotta accept that for what it is. Yeah. You know? And and the less days like that you get, the better your life is. But you're gonna have a you're going to have a day like that. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have bad the more days. positive the more good days you have, the better, obviously. You know, that but it's it's also how you attack the day yeah. even if it's a bad mm. day and that's why i like having different roads to take and winging it mm. is really the way to go yeah because if i structure myself as i have to do this mm. every single day and then when i don't do it mm. then i get very depressed yeah so now that i've run mm. twice twice now or is it three times now in the past five weeks mm. you know uh, since your last injury setback you yeah, yeah you've had so if you two years ago mm -hmm. i would have been in a fucking massive depression right now yeah. because i my structural uh structure of of how it's mm -hmm. supposed to be to keep the schedule going and mm -hmm. keep the mentality and keep the uh you know depression away and mm -hmm. anxiety and whatever mm -hmm. else uh happens you know those mm -hmm. things i don't have now now i just look for a different road to take and mm -hmm. You know, it would be amazing to be running every day. Mm. But at the moment, we're just going to work on healing instead of mm. how much we can do. Yeah, I think depression, anxiety, the, these things that creep in, I think that they're, they're not, over, not overly exaggerated, but they're, they're conditions that affect everybody at any given moment. Yeah, because anxiety, yeah. is you're, you have a fear of something. It's, it's your defense you know? mechanism yeah. in the body to say, you need to prepare yourself. Anxiety is you need to prepare yourself for this bad situation. And it's the, the hormones that are released. Yeah. And obviously when you have, if you have anxiety uh, for no reason in the middle of the day about your child and you, you worry, oh my God, is, is she going to get hit by a bus when she's walking home? That is obviously uh, uh, anxiety that you shouldn't, not natural because it's not probable. Yeah, it's not exactly. probable to have, to happen. And it's obviously, uh, I mean, I, I have anxiety if my little one goes to the, the playground two minutes away. You know, yeah. you can come from nowhere and, and, yeah. and, and she can just, Dad, I'm just going to the playground and she will just go out and two minutes later I'll just get anxiety oh, is she is she at the playground did she make it to the playground i have to call her on her what's it oh, did you get yeah yeah i'm here i'm just on the swings and it's like well, okay and and it's like a ridiculous 
wave of anxiety from nowhere. You don't kind of know where that's come from. Mm. It's strange. It is. It and, is. And, and so that's how anxiety or I don't generally get anxiety about myself at all. I'm never anxious about anything I'm doing. No, not with what I'm doing, yeah. but with not uh, not going back to where yeah. where I was. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah obviously, <laughs> you, you you've been you've been in some in some dark places. So yeah, yeah. The anxiety for that is completely understandable. I, I was just drawing from my own um, but, my own yeah. understanding of anxiety. And with, and with like uh, depression, I think it's funny. I think Jim Carrey said something funny about that. He said. Uh, Depression is your body telling you you don't want to play this character anymore. Yeah, and I thought that was well yeah, said. That's brilliant. You know? For me, depression is... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say that I've been uh, truly depressed. I've been down. And uh, well, yeah. talking, talking about it is massive for me. Yeah. You know... Uh, and maybe I've bordered on depression. And for me, it was about, it came when I was felt like I was caged. Yeah. So it felt like when I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. But in reality, uh, I wasn't doing it correctly. I was being selfish. Mm. So I wasn't talking to the people around me to say, this is what I want to do and this is yeah. how I want to achieve it. And this... I was just being selfish and, ah, this is stopping me doing this and be being selfish. And then the selfishness was creating bitterness, which was then creating depression. So for me, that's the spiral I was in, yeah. was, was selfishness, bitterness, depression. Okay, once I worked that cycle out that I was in, and then I started to talk, communication is 100% where this starts from bad communication or no communication, bitterness, blah, blah, blah. And then once you realize, hang on a minute, if I can communicate better, I can tell those around me what I want to do, what, where I want to be in my life, get people to support me, get people to buy into my vision of what you want to do, then all of a sudden you've got supporters and then you've got champions, people who want to see, and then all of a sudden it flips. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So... I think, yeah, mindset and uh, perspective of things and uh, all those, uh, it really has a, a, a mind-blowing effect when you, uh, when you start to, uh, fuck, where was I going with that? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what I was trying, ah, uh, fuck. You, you, you've got to have, you, you've got to have a support network around you. Well, um, well, I suppose you did. I, I suppose you do uh, need to have that as well. Um, I have, of course, my wife. Um, I have my brother, Kevin, who lives in Sicily now. Um, he called me every day when I was on the floor. Um, my dad. Um, I love my dad's comments every day on my posts, which is uh, fascinating to me. Um, he always, you know, put a heart and then, you know, wrote, keeping the machine. I love it. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. He did that till the day he died. Mm -hmm. And then what's fascinating to me is I still have an aunt who lives in New Zealand. Wow. And uh, she does that now. So she, she's taken over the baton. But she doesn't know that my dad was doing that every day. Wow. 
So I thought I see, and I haven't told her yet either. I just think it's fascinating yeah, yeah. that she's uh, that she's done that, and it means uh, it means a lot to me. I mean, I don't give a shit about likes and stuff, mm -hmm. but it's really nice to see, uh, you know, when your parent or your your family member goes, "I see you." Is it is it part of the process for you, sort of just to just to do a little post or just just and uh, social media gets a bad press, and, and I've kind of slagged it off a bit in, on podcasts and. And, and it gets a bit of a bad press, but, but generally it's how you use it. I think it's how you use it is very important. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, with a very secluded life as a, a disabled person, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, uh, your connection to the outside world can maybe be a mm -hmm. little bit smaller, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and then by, by, you know, putting yourself out there mm -hmm. that you're, you're still you, alive you, and you you're get, still you get a circle of friends or yeah you're still you're still you know trying and, and moving forward and i also get to let my friends and family around the world know that i'm doing okay and i'm yeah. still pushing through and i think that's something that needs to be done i have a lot of friends and family that don't post anything and i have no idea what's going on in their life mm -hmm. um which uh you know to each his own yeah, yeah but absolutely. i think it would be nice mm -hmm. that you know, uh, your friends and family uh, would post uh, a photo of you guys mm. having a barbecue or yeah, if you're going for a run or you're at the gym or, hey, you've lost 10 kilos or whatever, just to see mm. what, because people have busy lives and, and you yeah. don't, and then all of a sudden 50 years have gone by and mm. you haven't talked to that person on the other side of the world. Not you, that everyone has family. Do you remember... Uh, we're, we're, we're the same age, more or less. You you remember going, you sort of went when you went to your grandma grandparents' house when you were sort of ten years old, and and the grandparents used to pull out the photo albums. Oh, do you remember when we went on caravan into North Wales? You know, when you were two years old, and you might be ten at the time, and then you go through these photo albums. Well, Facebook and Instagram are just just the same photo album. It's a photo that, album that's being pulled out yeah. and you get you get the memories i love the memories yeah facebook's smart <laughs> the facebook's smart in that my missus will say we when i was driving um to, to pick you up before my missus was going oh look on the memories nine years ago one of the kids was doing a hmm. was a baby and she was doing a doing a dance and it's like you know it, it, it's the same like it it's like a living uh, photo album every day so it's how you use it, social it is, media, it is how you use it. and and obviously nowadays, and and you you in the in the drive over here you were talking about um, people saying it's it's shit and it's this and that and the other. Well, they're probably clicking on shit and this that and the other, and therefore their social media is filled with that shit instead of it being filled with positivity and you know and that kind of content. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but Michael, we're going to wrap it up now. It's been great getting your insights into everything and getting your story. I've really Thanks. enjoyed it. And I don't think I've sat this long for quite a while. Without Pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've done. <laughs> it's, it's a great story, mate. I love, I love uh, going running, cycling, everything we do. It's, it's brilliant. We keep going. Let's do something epic soon. Yeah, we will be doing, I'm sure. So, uh, all the best to the family and... Uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, Mike.